This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day, and welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show with Pastor Xavier Reese. Pastor X, how are you doing today? Good, Tony. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Amen. We're looking forward to the broadcast today. With us today, our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Good day, everyone. Welcome to episode 108. 108. Amazing yeah, stuff. God is good. Amen. <laughs> Never also, thought we'd be sold. That's true. <laughs> Every day is a miracle. Uh, with us also in the studio today, our very special guest, Mrs. Donna Moore, the women's ministry here at Calvary Pasadena. Donna, how are you today? I'm great, Tony. How are you guys? It's good to be back. We're good. We're really grateful to have you out here today. We want to get uh, the woman's perspective on some of the issues we're talking about. Uh, Pastor X, we're excited for the year. As always, there are a multitude of uh, interesting changes, things going on in the world. I use the, the word interesting in, in quotes. Uh, but the challenges before the people of God, and not the least of which is the opposition to the gospel that's coming from uh, our our postmodern culture. I was going to say modern culture, but they like to identify yeah. it as postmodern. A lot of crazy things going on. And there are, honestly, there are a whole laundry list of different areas that we could talk about. But one particular area has become more and more noticeable in its opposition to the traditional values. And that really is the area of the roles of men and women in the modern world. Uh, Pastor Xavier, as believers in Christ, when we see this confusion in the world around it, is it our responsibility to fix that in the culture, to make things right to help people understand the truth well we can't fix it and um, neither can we force people to get fixed uh, we live in a fallen world uh, when adam sinned um, sin passed to all men and the results of sin is death and as you look at the history of man there are periods of history where man is very prosperous very uh, constructive uh, very moral and ethical at times but along that line, there's still evil that goes on in the world. And then when nations and people go bad, then there's very little of good that goes on because there's such selfishness and self-centeredness. And um, we are in a cultural meltdown worldwide uh, because of the goal is to eradicate Western civilization yeah. and to completely remove the Judeo Christian uh, lifestyle, principle, and faith. Uh, that's what the goal is. Very subtle through many different ways. Uh, removing our faith in God, um, the one who created everything, to quote, quote, Mother Earth. Um, rather than trusting God, we think we're going to fix the whole world, whether it be uh, by, if you think back, um, late 60s, early 70s, it all started with ecologically with Marvin Gaye. Um, you know, what's going on? <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and the oceans polluted this and that. And, uh, and the green thing started very unnoticeable then. And so we quit cutting down trees. And we pronounce our wisdom and says, we're not going to cut any more trees down because it takes too much paper, this and that. We're going to go plastic. Now the plastic doesn't disintegrate and deteriorate. And now we're in a world of trouble. So 
Today's wisdom of man is tomorrow's stupidity. Amen. Um, and so uh, the only way that we can get right and experience life to the fullest, even in this fallen world, is to recognize what the Bible reveals, that God created the earth, that he only knows how life is to be lived down. And there is an order to this creation. Adam was created first as the head of the home. Not superior in intelligence or anything else. It is not a negative uh, slap to the woman. It's a protection, the head. Everybody has a head. That head protects the body, controls the body. Amen. It's very simple. Um, now, because of the fall, you have men and women who have sin nature, and they're not the kindest to each other. They're not the most honest towards each other. There's horrible things that happen. But nevertheless, as we walk with the Lord and He gives us a new heart, we can hit the mark. We can please God. Never to sinlessness. Never to perfection. But we understand that life is only lived out and appreciated under the direction and guidance and empowerment of the Spirit of God. Anything that comes from man is evil. Jeremiah 79. The heart of man is deceitful. And so you have um, people who want to indoctrinate and are indoctrinating and have indoctrinated the world at large with psychology, going back to your mother, going back to people. You're dysfunctional. You're an enabler. And we have all these nifty psychological, philosophical, and social political terms that mean absolutely nothing. They do not bring you up against your own evil of your need of a savior, of your own depravity. It literally exalts you as a human being and blames everybody else. And if you're not blaming other else, you're just using others. Mm -hmm. And so a survival of the fittest, only the strong survive. There was a song like that in the 70s. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you, very apt description of our modern culture and a lot of the issues that we're dealing with. But this is nothing new. No. I mean, this is from the from the fall, from the beginning of the book of Genesis. We see opposition to the natural order yes. coming in. And, and God specifically tells the woman that she's going to seek to usurp authority over her husband early on. That's the fall. Amen. That's the beginning of it. Men want to um, uh, uh, rule over women, and women want to usurp authority of the man. That's the result of the fall, not God's creation. Oh, we live in an upside-down world. Only being born again can we be turned right side up. Amen. Now, Donna, you spent many years in the, in the workplace. You spent many years in the workplace. You were a professional lady and in a position of some substantial authority, actually, with a large... Uh, corporation public utility i think yes and um uh, i imagine that you saw now as a believer you had to see these kind of effects being played out on a daily basis with the people that you worked with oh yeah i did absolutely and i actually got to see both sides of the coin because there was the time that i was working in the corporate environment before i was walking with the lord and then the time i was working after and uh, in a, over 40 years, I saw a lot of those changes as they evolved in the culture in the culture of the corporate workplace, uh -huh. and uh, many times they were very unfortunate. As I looked at it from the perspective of a believer, in terms of how women 
truly were mistreated within the corporate culture. That's reality. That absolutely happened. It, it absolutely did happen. And I think it was no made no better through feminism. If anything, I think women were further eroded in their stature, if you will, uh, in society as a result of that. Now, that's an interesting statement. So your perspective is really that feminism, as we see it represented in our modern world, is a thing that is having a negative effect upon the situation of women. Oh, I, I think absolutely so. I think when you look at the biblical uh, examples and going back to what Pastor Xavier was saying about Genesis, you know, God created man and woman in his image. And when you mm -hmm. think about how amazing that is, that we, women did not take, he didn't create us in the image of a monkey. He didn't create us in the image of a dog. He created us in his own image the same way that he did man. We had incredible equality and recognition and value and worth before God, before the fall. And I think the fall, going back again to what Pastor X was saying, is it's just eroded our mm -hmm. role, our position, our value, our worth you know, in, in, in our culture just again and again and again. Now, I, I totally agree with what you say about the scriptural perspective in Christian culture promoting and holding women up in a position that's exalted. But most of the cultures, or at least modern culture, Pastor Xavier, doesn't see the Bible as holding women into a position that's positive or equal by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Well, but they misunderstand it. They misinterpret it. Um, everybody's a biblical scholar who's in the world <laughs> and, uh, and they don't know anything. Uh, first of all, they're not born again. They take things out of context. They, they interpret it with human, uh, reasoning and logic and not with the scripture. The scripture interprets the scripture. So if you take, if we would live the, our life out the way God has established it, the man's ahead of the home as a type of Christ, one to serve, one to protect, one to provide, so that the wife can be at home caring for the children, supervising the children, uh, caring for the home, so that when the husband comes home, the family's intact. Uh, they're not latchkey kids. They're not running around amok, if you will. Um, and, and there is that cohesiveness. The children understand that there's an authority structure from the father to the mother, from the mother down to the children. And there are consequences. When you have order and structure and consequences, you have just strengthened authority. When you remove consequences, when you remove order, you bring total chaos and you destroy all authority. You look to our world. That's exactly what's going on. Um, on the freeways in America, you barely ever see an officer giving a traffic ticket anymore. There are no consequences. So therefore, everybody drives 80 to 90 miles an hour. And we're driving on plastic cars. Um, <laughs> and uh, there, there's just uh, people kill somebody. Um, a, a jury will find them uh, um, three years probation. <laughs> Uh, for murder or something, and I'll yeah. go, I'm being facetious and extreme, but there is no justice that goes on. The uh, the eroding of absolute right and wrong has been and is being eroded completely from our uh, legislation, from our judicial aspect, and certainly from our education. Our education uh, uh, institutions are the very source of the corruption and erosion. 
through the indoctrination of uh, an amoral society, post-modern. They don't believe truth can be defined by one value. And therefore, it's the existentialist philosophy that says that no two people can experience the same truth exactly. Therefore, no one has the right to judge another man's truth. And only that person can judge that truth for themselves. So it's relativism, situational ethics, value clarifications. It's interesting that people are so dishonest when they become corrupt and evil in a very um, uh, extreme way because they certainly attempt to corrupt and erode everything that is structural and and, uh, and, and, and effective uh, when it comes to ethics and morals and the family and God. But they've never tried to change the signal lights to say that red is green today or that or their banking account, that a one today means a 10. And of course, in my favor, not the bank. Those are always consistent values. They never change. A 10 is always a 10. Well, lying is always lying. Now, President Obama gave us a new phrase. I misspoke. No, you lied. But the politically correct, postmodern, entitled, millennial mentality is a world of deception. A world of deterioration, a world that will collapse sooner or later Amen. if God does not intervene. And I think, you know, you really uh, did a great job, Pastor X, of describing the tension between traditional values and the home and the function that God had intended for it and also and the world that is indoctrinated. We as believers, I'm seeing a lot of believers really overwhelmed at the situation in the world and they really... It's difficult for them to understand, well, gosh, what responsibility do I have? And the scriptures called us to be salt and light, to have an influence in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we really need to hold one another accountable to as believers. Because there is a there's a whole huge group of people who are professing followers of Christ that are not very clear on yeah, how they need yeah. to step forward. How yeah. do we do that, Pastor? Yeah, and the marching orders have never changed. Mm-hmm. You know, when we realized that in the day that Paul was speaking, that the gospel were being proclaimed, we're talking about the first century church that was totally debauched. Rome was the empire of the world. It was it. Uh, when Paul all of a sudden is telling Gentiles, husbands, love your wives, you, that's more radical than today. Yeah. Amen. When he's saying, wives, submit to your husbands in everything that's biblical. That's radical. And he says, even Peter says, even to the non-believer being an example. Yeah. The, when you, and this is the failure of pastors and churches that they don't proclaim the gospel in the context of the first century church. It is so, immoral it was so unjust and so many things that what paul says is so radical and impossible that today really it's uh, the united states is not as bad as rome was when jesus was around in many ways i'm sure in many ways now we're bad yeah the world is bad but the world has become with social media Mm -hmm. the internet 
Um, the social media is a gossip column. Uh, what the Lord doesn't reveal, uh, Facebook does. <laughs> okay? That's just the way it is. Amen. Uh, and, and, and what's happening, the world becomes so small, but the, the marching orders are to be, um, environmentally active, be politically active, be socially active. And you have the whole thing about, um, uh, gender identity and all this other stuff. And, and then Christians hear this and they try to jump. Well, that's not our marching orders. No. Our marching orders is to trust God for our sin, know that he has made us new, and that we depend upon his word, the power of the spirit, to live the life of Christ and be light and salt. Marching orders have never changed. So Christians have to get their head screwed on right and align their head with their heart that's full of the word of God and the spirit of God. So we are to be examples. We proclaim the gospel that has never changed. People are lost. They are blind. Dead in trespasses and sins. They need to hear the gospel. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Romans ten seventeen. No other way can people be saved. No other way can people's eyes be opened. It is a miracle. It is a supernatural act. No pastor can convince anybody to be born again. I cannot scare people out of hell. It just doesn't work. It is a miracle of God that he's been doing from the beginning of time. And he began with Adam. Adam and Eve sinned. They became dead and trespassed in sins. And God in his mercy sought them out. And they responded in repentance. And they came back in a right relationship. But now in a fallen state. And that's the plan that we follow. We are a fallen people, a fallen world. But there's hope in Christ Jesus alone. And it's a thing we have to do one day at a time yeah. as we go forward. You know, Don, as you were talking about your personal experience of coming to faith in Christ, already involved in a position of authority in mm -hmm. the worldly corporate environment, that must have been a real interesting challenge to you <laughs> to think about, okay, how do, I, how do I take this life of mine that I have and begin to represent the Lord in the situation? Was that... It, it was, um, initially it was a little challenging because I had, you know, grown a reputation within the corporate environment, being a certain way and doing certain things a certain way. And, um, clearly as I matured in the Lord spiritually, I had to change some of that approach. I had to change that behavior mm -hmm. pretty radically in some areas of my life to uh, a point where I had e evolved into, um, more of a, a spiritual or a Christian Christian representation that was still not in the world or, mm -hmm. you know, I was in the world, but not of it. Now, obviously, you're not able to just stand up and preach the gospel in your business meetings. No, no, that that would be hate speech. And, and <laughs> it, it, you would be creating a hostile work environment if you did that. Yeah. But uh, certain behaviors uh, such as, you know, I'm misspoke, if you would, uh, to a colleague. And uh, afterwards, I apologized to him, you mm -hmm. know, that that was mm -hmm. not appropriate for me to do that and that I respected him as a professional. And the look on his eyes, in his eyes were just, you know, amazing. Not used to hearing that. Not used to hearing that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I had a small team on, on the big project that I was working on. And, um, you know, I had an office with a door. You know, everybody in corporate America wants an office with a door. Well, I would ask my people in if they were having problems, personal problems or whatever, let's pray. And you know what? No one ever 
ever refuse the opportunity for prayer. Mm -hmm. So I just found ways of introducing, you know, uh, my Christian values into my conduct and behavior, as well as into the practical way that I I led people and ministered to them at the Mm -hmm. same time. And, you know, Donna, as you know, when you were there and the Bible teaches that we are to be the most uh, faithful and the hardest workers wherever God puts us. So, in other words, we understand as Christians that the workforce is not the place for us to preach the gospel that is stealing from our employers. Before work, if somebody wants to be with me at lunch on my break, absolutely or to during the work, somebody asks me a question. I say, well, yeah, I may say yes, no, mm-hmm. depending on what they ask me, it's unbiblical. Mm-hmm. But I don't take time to rob my employer. I want to be a good example to my employer uh, while maintaining the example of a Christian. I can run the, my job, the corporation, in a very um, honest way and more effective way by that example in many different ways. And so, because sometimes Christians, um, they will abuse that place of Christianity and they'll say, well, if God opens the door, I'm going to preach and I don't mm-hmm. care. You're robbing your employer. Yeah. Do that on your own time. Do that before, after work or whatever. Very, very important. Well, and I think, too, that's also when many Christians in the workplace kind of get that weird label right. uh, assigned to them because they find some way of preaching to people, you know, every time, you know, a pencil falls on the floor. Right. And that, too, I think kind of estranges us from being effective in, right. in, in the environments that we're in. Right. And, again, we, we use discretion. You know, it's just like a person who is um, – and everybody's run into them, you know, where when they enter the room, you know, they, they just keep talking. They have no discretion. They interrupt people. They're, they're, they're disrespectful. Um, they're obnoxious um, in the social world without being born again. Now, when a Christian is like that, he's magnified a hundred times. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Magnified a hundred. Whatever times. faults a Christian have, right. they always stick out much worse than everybody right. else's. And, and I mean, they're going to hate you anyway because they hated Jesus first. Amen. Uh, they'll hate you for the good that you do because they don't do it. So they got to find fault. So we do want to make sure that, you know, like the old saying says, you know, the boat belongs in the water, but when the water gets in the boat, that's when the boat gets in trouble. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're we're in the world, but not of the world, as you said. And John makes that very clear. And uh, and Jesus made it completely clear. And so Jesus partook of uh, of uh, fellowship with non-believers in terms of proclaiming the gospel. He even ate with them, but he never partook of their evil. Amen. And when you present yourself in that way to most people, as debauched as they may be, will have that sense of conscience and and uh, decency that they won't go out of the way to insult or offend. Though there are times, especially as a culture decays more and more, mm-hmm. the evil has become very aggressive today, very much in your face. Um, you go to a, a market, a supermarket, and you're standing there in line, and um, you're there with your wife or your children, and... And there's some young men, you know, 18 to 25 or 30, and they're talking about things they shouldn't be talking loud or they're cussing or whatever it is. No 
public discernment or discretion, none whatsoever. Um, no morals, no nothing. Uh, and again, part of that too is our society is that the family has been so fractured that it doesn't exist in America anymore. Yeah. Very few uh, are true families in the sense of the father, the breadwinner, the mother being at home with their children and, uh, and, and walking with God and obeying. Um, the church is small, not large. The real Christians, they're not large. You know, eight people got saved uh, um, before the flood. The rest of the world died. Um, only two people entered the promised land from the three plus million that came out of the Exodus, Joshua and Caleb. Um, it's just, it's not that large. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor X, the modern culture we're seeing, at least I think what is a systematic attack against relationships between men and women, because that's so foundational to God's work in the culture, the order that he's, and, and I'm seeing it like on, on every level. And uh, this attack shows up in a, in a broad variety of dynamics. And uh, one, of the, one of the ways that it's working is by promoting the whole issue of women's rights in, in the workplace and in the culture, uh, seeing masculinity as toxic. And again, this has become the, the soundbite that we're hearing yeah, over and yeah. over again in our culture. Yeah. Why is why is this particular area of attack so crucial to what the world wants to do against the church? Well, it's a simple principle of divide and conquer. It's just simple. It can go to the sex of male and female. It can go to race. It can go through job opportunity. Now, there are legitimate offenses and crimes against women, against men, yeah. um, uh, unfair practices in employment. Uh, or whatever it is. So we're not talking against the unjust or, or illegitimate actions of a few against whoever may be. They are here present. They will be to the day we die. But the the very f- basic principle of divide and conquer uh, has been established in our educational institutions. They are the Trojan horse to America, mm-hmm. to destroy America. And progressive liberals are the soldiers. They are the worker ants. And every year they march out their new army. And they go out and they get into the workforce, whether they be lawyers, whether they be judges, whether they be uh, politicians, whether they be just regular employees on another job. But they... They live out their philosophy. They have a world view. They have an agenda. Yeah. It's an agenda. And this is an indoctrination that starts even in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. Two mommies, two daddies, green. All this kind of stuff to indoctrinate children to the one world mindset yeah. that is going to be all put together by the time the Antichrist appears and the church is removed. Amen. If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Keep It Simple. And we'll be right back with you after these messages. The need for strong family relationships has never been as crucial as it is today. And Pastor Xavier Reese offers a series of studies on marriage and the family, underlying the necessary ingredients called for in a healthy home, such as the source of joy in marriage, Christian submission, God's role for men, God's role for women, even God's role for children, and so much more. 
It's Pastor Xavier's Marriage and the Family series, available now in the Calvary Chapel Pasadena online store as an audio CD album for $32 or convenient MP3 disc for just $10, containing 12 messages in all of God-honoring practical insights from Scripture. Whether you're new to the faith, newly married, wishing to start a family perhaps, or just want to realign yourself with God's divine plan for your marriage and family, this collection assembles key biblical teachings that endure the test of time. Stop by the online store today at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com for the Marriage and the Family audio CD album or MP3 disc. That's CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese says our trust is in a God that knows the end from the beginning. How long have you been walking with God? Do you think that doubting is unnatural? It isn't. G. Campbell Morgan said, if there be no risk, then there is no faith. Whenever you're trusting God, there's difficulty. Welcome to the club. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said. And the rain fell and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Reese says, by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, Addressing Issues of Consequence for the Church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you're back with us at Keep It Simple with Pastor Xavier Reese. Today, our special guest in the studio, Mrs. Donna Moore, and we're talking about important cultural issues specifically concerning men and women and uh, the postmodern world. Pastor X, you know, you've said that uh, the Bible presents men and women as equals. Yes. Equal before God. In other words, the woman has equal access to God. The woman is a sinner just like the man. She needs forgiveness as much as the man. Uh, and being born again, then we realize the structure and order that God has set creation to be effective. Uh, certainly, we're not equal in bodies. You take a man and a woman, we have different equipment. Thank goodness. Yeah. And they're complements for each other. Without the two sexes, that's the end of the human race. So this whole confusion of a woman being a man or a man being a woman, and they can change their gender anytime they want at will. And you can even change it in your birth certificate now, California says. What a confusion. And, um, and so it's all about perception and emotion, not objective truth or facts. It brings a collapse to society. Um, God sees men and women equal. 
before him in need of salvation lost. But there's a difference between a man and a woman. A man is more cognitive, more rational, more um, level on his thinking. A woman is more emotional. Um, she's more perceptive at times in different ways. Um, he's made her more uh, for the home, for the children. Not that the father is not, but they're two different right. perspectives. Different and they complement one another. Mm -hmm. If there was only uh, fathers in the home, the children would never reach seven, age five. Um, <laughs> and if there was no father in the home, the kids run amok over mom. Okay, there are the two that are necessary. And when both understand that and thank God for that and look to God and the children are taught that, then that that generation is passing down these values, this faith that looks to God, not to man, not to themselves, not to the education, not to anything else. And again, we don't want to give an idea if you're out there that I'm against education. Get all you can, but when you get it, get over it. And make sure that everything you learn, you run by the Bible. There's a lot of dumb things being taught out there under humanism. It's self-belief, everything else that contradicts everything that the Bible says and everything that you are as a natural person. It contradicts you. It destroys you. Uh, it, it gives you the promise of freedom, but the end is bondage. Always. Yeah. And so when we align ourselves with the Word of God, then we can be the men that we're supposed to be, the women we're supposed to be. Um, uh, this whole rationale of perceiving who you are and having that will to change whatever you want is ridiculous. After, first of all, what does that do to public records? What does that do to marriage certificates? What does that do to family records that go on? What does that do? It confuses when somebody's going to read it a hundred years down the road or a thousand years back, they're going to say, what were these people thinking? Because they're going to say it's unnatural. Yeah. And it Absolutely. Is. It is. You know, Pastor X, people look at uh, the Bible and they point to a historical culture. They say, well, you know, this pagan culture or this Hebrew culture, they didn't see women as equals. Or in the Greek culture, in the New Testament, they didn't. Right. But God gives us a, a legitimate picture of what the people were lived in. Right. But that's not to say that his ideas... And in fact, the teaching of the New Testament is radical in the way it presents men Absolutely, and women. Pastor Tony. And I, I was going to comment on that because I look at all of the instances that Jesus, who pretty much violated <clears throat> every cultural law between men and women in, mm -hmm. in, in the Hebrew society of the day. I look at uh, especially the Samaritan woman who he spoke to at the well. You know, in that instance, his disciples were thinking, why is he talking to this woman? Because right. men did not have that kind of relationship with women in public. That just didn't happen. The Syrophoenician woman, you know, he, he, he ministered to her. And over and over again, you see see Jesus's incredible ministry to women where he elevated them from that society within that context of that culture, well above what they were mm -hmm. in, 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 in what had been and, created. And there. people will say, well, that was just Jesus. But the reality is you see the same thing in the teaching of the epistles right. and the yes. book of Acts. The apostles, all It's that. all there. Yeah, yeah. And again, you, you're going to see the injustices. Cultures only reveal the injustices of men and women in a fallen state. One culture will be more fair than another. One culture will be more depraved than another. 
One culture will be more family-oriented than another. But within that culture that is pro-family, if it's not biblical, there's a lot of other stuff going on. A lot of problems. Injustices, okay? So there's appearances, what you believe they are and who they really are. And so uh, when we come to the Lord, we realize that um, all of us are actors to an extent. And if we aren't born again, then we continue down this acting role and we end up one day having to give an account for our lives. As we're born again, we can have hope and be more like Jesus Christ. When we fall short, we should be the first to acknowledge it and ask forgiveness and move on and continue to grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to give that. So every culture misrepresents, even the Hebrew culture, even though it was the highest in regards to women, it was still low. Mm-hmm. She was just to be home, care for the children, have babies, and that's it. And in the passage of time, those things become amplified and even worse. Right. Unfortunately. And, and take Paul. Paul is a Hebrew of Hebrew. Amen. A Pharisee of Pharisees, circumcised the eighth day. His contemporaries, he smoked them. And yet he's telling the man to love his wife and telling the woman to submit to her husband and everything biblical. Now, as a Hebrew Jew... He's really radical to yes, the Hebrew yeah. culture. In the first century, absolutely. You talk about Paul. I mean, he is, it is, the Jews want to kill him. Yeah. yeah. People forget all that. Yeah. Well, Ephesians 5, you know, when he says to husbands, you are to love your wives as, as Christ loved the church, and that a man, you know, never hated himself, you know, he would yeah. love his own body, and he used to love his wife that way. And, you know, in that culture, that was, as you said, Pastor, that was just huge because women were property. They were chattel. They yes. were, yeah. they were, you know, useful in the home and for having children, but they really held no true status. So that was the radical part of, right. of, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it really elevated and liberated women well above their station as man had ascribed them, not as God right. had created us and the divine design that he gave for us for men to be strong physically and, and, and in authority in, in our, our family lives and women to come alongside of those husbands because I, I look at the Proverbs 31 woman incredible woman that yeah. that is talked about Amen. there she still took care of her home and her husband right and she was a business person and she was a business person That's right. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah Lydia but, but you know look at the context Paul is not really the first people he's 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 making mad is a Jew. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's the more abrasive, the more he's a greater irritant to the Jew because he's a Jew. Yeah. He is a recognized Jew. He is he is the, the I mean, remember Saul. Saul was a head taller than anybody else. And I'm sure he was named after King Saul. And here he is. And all of a sudden their golden boy became their greatest enemy to them. Why? Because he was sharing that women were equal and God loved them. The Hebrew would never say that. So he took I mean, the, the classic Hebrew prayer. Yeah. Thank you, God, that you didn't make me a woman. A man or, yeah. A, a, a Gentile, a man or a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. So you see the irritant first to the Jew. And of course, he preached to the Gentile, but the Gentiles weren't as offended as, as the Jew was. The Hebrew culture was offended a lot more. Now, within the passage of time, 
it moved to the Gentile church in that. And, and you see that all through the book of Acts where were the disgruntled Jews that oh, yeah. inflamed people in the communities to take up arms against the preaching of the Paul gospel. Paul tells the Philippians, beware of dogs. <laughs> That's a term that the Jews would use for the Gentile. He flips it on them. Uh, and he says, beware of these guys. They're actors and everything. And so uh, the book of Acts closes with Paul shaking the dust off his feet. And he says, because you have proven yourself to be unworthy to hear the gospel. I go to the Gentile. Amen. So um, today's gospel is right in play. It's a fallen world. Amen. But we must put it in the context of the first century church. Pastor X, how do we explain to somebody who doesn't understand the difference between leadership and submission and equality? Because they look at, like, for instance, Paul's instruction in Ephesians 5, wives obey your husbands. And yet, you know, they see that, well, that's obviously not equal then. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Paul uses the uh, illustration of a human body, uh, an illustration that every generation is going to understand. It's never going to erode or uh, well, we should never say that because of things going on today, but uh, a body, a human body. He says we are many members. A body has many parts, but yet one body. The axiom in geometry, you know, the, the part is equal to the sum of its whole and no part is greater than the whole. Simple. So a human body has a head. The whole body submits to it. Now, an arm is not equal to a leg. No. They have different functions. It has yes. nothing to do with equality. And that's the point. The different nothing function. to do with equality. Mm -hmm. So the word diversity, as used by the postmodern individuals, is very dishonest that you have redefined it. Diversity means difference, not the same. Amen. So they have created a new vocabulary. That's the first principle of rule. President Obama indoctrinated the whole United States with a new vocabulary. No more terrorism, but overseas contingencies. Okay? All these things are very thought out by the enemy. People are instruments of Satan just like people are instruments of God. Amen. There's an agenda. They don't care about old school. They want the new school. They're coming up. The old school's going to be gone in 20, 30 years. They could care less about it. You know, it's amazing that the confusion in our in our culture today, and it is more and more pronounced as time passes, so that uh, young people coming out of uh, institutions, so-called institutions of higher learning, they are really uh, bringing the confusion into the forefront. And kids don't start out as confused. You know, little boys don't don't generally think that they're little girls. Right. And they, they understand that there are different roles. They, they have to hear it. They have to be taught that. Yeah. They have to be indoctrinated, catechized mm -hmm. over and over and over again. So you turn on the TV, you hear from this commercial. You hear from that commercial. You hear from this uh, TV program. Or you hear from this movie. You hear from your teacher. Your professor, it's indoctrination yeah. of corruption to erode a person, a nation, the world. Now, Pastor X, does the Bible teach us that women need to be protected? Absolutely. She's the, she's the weaker vessel. Now, having said that she's the weaker vessel, the man's the weak vessel. I think that's fair. So the man must depend on the Lord just like a woman but physically, a man is more, has more muscle. His skeletal frame is heavier. He has built 
with tetastrum to be able to do certain things, desire certain things, totally different for the protection and production of what is necessary physically for the home. The woman is not. She's created for maternal instincts, caring for the children. Doesn't mean that she can't do other things, but that's not, you know, I can use my, my shoe to hammer in a nail if I really have to by my heel, but that shoe's going to be torn up by the time I get done with it. That's right. So the foot's not equal to the arm, the arm's not equal to the ear, yet they're all part of the body. The woman has a place with God. The man has his place in God. Different functions. They're equal before God, but different functions for effectiveness. So submission in the Bible is not mean inferiority. It doesn't, means, doesn't mean slavery. No, it means effectiveness. Amen. Wisdom. Yes. You walk on your feet, not your hands. You can walk on your hands if your feet are hurt, but you're not going to go very far. It's simple. Yeah. If something's designed for a certain purpose, Use it only for that. And, and that's kind of what I would like to share, too, is that there is a function. There's a divine design. A man can build a house because physically he has the, the capabilities physically to do that. But only a woman can make a house a home. And I think that's where we as Christians, when we model God's divine design and his His the model for marriage is pattern for marriage. Mm -hmm. I think that's when we show the world the benefit, the effectiveness of how men and women complement each other and how we complement and add to society as a result of following that pattern, following that divine design, because you, you can build a great house, but it may not be a home where you want to come to where there's warmth and love and comfort. And, and that's what women bring to our society society and bring to our families. And that's important. Amen. Our men and women bring together. Um, Donna, before the broadcast, we were talking a little bit about uh, this aspect of women being protected and the fact that the rights that are cried out for on behalf of women really place them in a situation where they are not protected in the way that God has intended. They find themselves in situations where they are much more vulnerable. And right now in our current Western culture, there's this huge, what they call the Me Too movement about women who have been sexually harassed and treated horrifically mm -hmm. in lots of situations. And those are all things that should have never happened. But the problem is, as we were talking before, that women sometimes have placed themselves in situations that really this is not God's plan or pattern for them to be in, in such a vulnerable situation. This has taken place because a woman has taken herself out of the protection of her husband. Okay. When you don't have fathers who protect their daughters, when you have husbands and you have just single mothers, women are out on their own. They have no protection. If you follow God's plan, every woman will be protected. Yes. Will there be some misfortunate and unfortunate uh, tragedies and uh, rapes or, or killings? Yes. But it'll be the, the exception, not the rule. So if we function under the design of God, what women are fighting for, God gave to them <laughs> under the man. Amen. Amen. And because man has destroyed and confused it, they're, they're striving to obtain it and you can't do it. Society, the family is the nucleus of society. 
when you destroy the home, mm-hmm. you destroy society. Absolutely. Amen. You know, Pastor X, one of the things that you bring up from time to time is the progression in Western culture, how women became fixtures in the workforce of the modern world. And we, we have to see that also. That's a part of the breakdown of economic forces conspiring together right. to destroy the family. Right. The whole thing. Yeah. It's always presented in a way to, to benefit the unfortunate or the mistreated. And though we do not want to minimize that there are unfortunate situations and there are mistreated people, but the world uses that as, as a charge against Christianity. When Christianity gives and protects all that, um, uh, we care about our wives. We, 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 we want to know where they're at, where they're doing, not because we don't trust them, but because we want to protect them. Um, uh, the world is, 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 again, dividing to conquer. So they pit women against men, men against women, and so society doesn't work anymore. And, and Pastor Tony and I were talking also a little bit earlier before the show about how a lot of these quote-unquote movements have emasculated men to the point where they've abdicated their role. They don't want to hassle it anymore. They, they, they've gotten lazy. They've yeah. gotten uh, disinterested and kind of uh, removed themselves from that role, figuring if the woman wants to do it all, let her do it all. Yeah. And, and that even puts more of a burden and a weight on women than we were made to carry. Yeah. And stop and think about the ramifications, uh, the ultimate goal. God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. Men and women to get married, have babies, take care of their families, and fill the earth. What is all this humanistic agenda? Whether it be postmodern, pre-modern, or whatever. It is this, to divide men from women so they can't get together and they don't have children. And if they do, it's destroyed as hostile. It pushes and accepts homosexuality. It can't produce children. You have single moms that are a burden to society. There's no father to provide. And so what happens is you have fewer and fewer children being born through less marriages, through Abortion, through accepting homosexuality, through the political agenda of not providing food in certain parts of the world. And so the whole goal is population control. Okay? The elite want to control and reduce the multitudes. Real simple. Real simple. And that's been that's been the, uh, uh, I guess, the, the perspective of the elites for the yeah. last fifty years. Yeah. They've been promoting that. Margaret Sanger. Yeah, she was friends with Hitler. With eugenics. Absolutely. Eugenics. Yeah. That's still Which going is, on today. In our world, is morphed into what we know as Planned Parenthood. Right. Right. Yep. Right. And which is. The, and then you have euthanasia now. Right. Being accepted. Yeah. Huge, huge issue in Europe sure. and becoming yeah. one. Well, once you kill babies, old people are no big deal. Yeah, amen. <laughs> um, is it proper, Pastor Xavier, is it biblically appropriate for women to be working outside of the home? Well, God would have them to be at home. Because of the nature of times in a country, a woman may have to help the husband. So we're not going to be dogmatic about it and we're not going to 
but but they both have to realize the danger and the openness to problems, the void that it leaves in the home, the potential for destruction in the children, all those things they have to be aware of. You can't just ignore them. When you, when you leave your door unlocked, anybody can walk in. Simple. Amen. Okay? You're supposed to keep that door locked. There's supposed to be a husband and a wife in the home. And when you have both of them out in the work, then who's caring for the home or the children? There's a big void, yeah. big danger. Nobody. And I mean, uh, certainly uh, prison population in the United States show, shows clearly uh, high 90s prison population in the U.S. come from single-parent families. Absolutely. It's, it's so important and essential. You know, one of the things that we're saying culturally as it relates to gender confusion issues or, or the roles of men and women in this issue, even as common as the guidelines in preparation for marriage, these things, the absence of them, really powerfully illustrate that when we deviate from a biblical direction, we create huge problems for ourselves as individuals, as families, as a culture, as a nation. And I think you would think people would see that. They would see, you know, when you don't have this moral framework in your world, all of a sudden you have huge problems. Yeah. But somehow they miss it. Well, it's confusion. And it brings destruction. Because they're the new model. And so they believe this false narrative. Only time will show them how foolish they are and how self-destructive they are as they get into their 30s, their 40s, and their 50s. And so uh, Satan is well alive and wants to destroy mankind. And uh, he's the God of this world, but God's on the throne also. Amen. And maybe you're out there and you've been listening to us. We would encourage you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're, not ever, we're never going to solve the problems of the world. There's going to be wars. There's going to be evil. There's going to be injustices. All you can do is turn to the Lord and ask Him to forgive you for your sins, that He might give you a new heart, a new nature, and that you be light and salt to those around you as you depend on the Lord, as you fellowship with Him, as you study the Word of God, and you become that extension of Christ for those who are so lost and so blind. And so now, rather than looking inward, you're looking outwardly to the lost, to those who are perishing. And that's the priority of the believer. It never has changed. Don't let the culture, don't let the mass media, the propaganda, turn your ear to being more secular than spiritual. And really, the amazing thing, the, the great miracle is how dramatically uh, people are changed when they come to faith in Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, absolutely. Is it, I mean, I mean die-hard die liberals, <laughs> people who were ready to go out and march for particular issues as they've come to faith in Christ and God begins to work in their lives, yeah. things change really quickly. Well, that's where true freedom is. Let's, let's be real. I mean, freedom is not in the liberalism of today. It's not in the political correctness of today. Liberal Freedom only comes through Christ Jesus and what he offers us through his gospel. Amen. And that's, that's why people who do come to the Lord have great joy. Yeah, and that has to be a miracle. That's a miracle. God does it. Paul killed Christians. He imprisoned Christians. He caused them to blaspheme. And then he got born again. And his world was right side up. Amen. And now he became an enemy of the world. So if you're Christian, the world doesn't love you. It never will. 
And if you're not a Christian, know when you come to Christ, you will be hated also. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Call on Him right now. He will save you. Amen. Amen. And for, for us as believers, don't be discouraged. Don't be distracted by the, uh, the confusion in the world. It's, uh, it's bad. It's going to get worse. We know that as we prepare for the Lord's return, we expect to see these, this craziness. God has a plan for us. He loves us dearly. And you know, His Spirit in your heart. Be responsive to Him. Follow the Scripture. And let the Lord bless you. Remember, keep it simple. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed, encouraged, and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion and may God richly bless your day.